Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, traders? How we doing out there? Welcome to the SPACs attack. Definitely, definitely, if you're here for APT, if you're here for AvPoint, Give me a big thumbs up. We're going to definitely get towards that interview. We got, of course, we're going to get into some headlines first, but let's go ahead. Let's start the show. And hey, if you're here, smash that sub button. Let's get it started. What's going on, traders? Looks like we got a lot of people joining in. Welcome to the show. We're going to have a great interview today. Let's go ahead and bring on the brains to the show. You guys might know him as Chris Ketchy. But, of course, if you don't, that's my man, Chrisopedia, the old Mitch trick. What's going on, brother? How we doing? Thursday morning. Yeah, excited. We've got TJ joining us on the show again. I know a lot of people have been asking, you know, what's going on with AvPoint? Um, You know, and they want to hear all about it. So, We've got the man himself joining us later. We also, Mitch, we had three deals announced today. So this week we've had two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and three today. If my math serves me correctly, that's seven deals in three days. Um, You know, pretty good for a shortened holiday week. So lots to talk about out there. Mitch, we also have, you know, the Virgin Galactic flight hopefully happening this Sunday. Um, you know, so I know we can talk about that as well. And shares look like they're moving. You know, it's a it's an interesting day out there. Earlier I looked and there was only one stock on our SPACs watch list from previous that was green. And now it looks like we have a handful. So, uh, you know, it looks like the market's starting to come a little bit back up here. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it happens when we have those dips, but we're going to go ahead and take a look at some headlines. Like you mentioned, a couple deals on there. So let's go ahead and knock it out so that we can get right into our interview. All right, guys. Yeah. So getting to headlines today, again, we'll have that interview coming up soon. I know a lot of you are here and excited about that. Up first, we have NEBC. This is the company merging with Rover, the the dog walking, dog sitting, overnight accommodation company. Um, They reported June gross bookings of $57 million, which was a monthly record for the company. Uh, You know, this is one that Mitch actually called out not too long ago. You know, obviously growth during the pandemic and after the pandemic. Could also be, be, you know, a post-pandemic play, right, with people returning to work and needing a place for those pets. We also saw, you know, more pets being adopted during the pandemic. So definitely an interesting one, and that's a pretty strong bookings number there. We have SFTW, this is a company merging with Black Sky. So they were selected to monitor an Iranian nuclear facility. So another example of, you know, What these satellite companies can do, obviously, we've seen the technology, we see what those images can look like. But here you have, you know, a a company being selected by the U.S., um, you know, to monitor something, you know, possibly critical to our defense. Keep an eye out on this one. I think the company will announce their merger date vote real soon here, um, and that could definitely be a catalyst. Former SPAC View, V-I-E-W, that's the smart window company, announced the acquisition of IOTM, which is a cloud-managed IoT or Internet of Things network, 
for building owners. They work with over 800 buildings, including several Fortune 500 companies. So that's an interesting play here. I, I like it. You know, I, I wondered with view, you know, smart windows, the the pandemic, people working from home. But if they can combine that ecosystem, you know, now with the Internet of Things, along with those smart windows, you know, I, I really like that there. We had a tweet from Henrik Fisker today. So Fisker FSR, which I own shares of saying the Fisker Ocean will start deliveries in November next year in both the U.S. and Europe. And showing off the launch color of matte blue, um, you know, I, I like this color that he showed off. I, I, you know, I'm a fan of this company. And, you know, to hear that they're going to start deliveries November next year, U.S. and Europe, obviously, you know, follows that timeline that we have. And we have DMYI. Um, this is IonQ, the quantum computing company, benchmark initiating coverage with a buy rating and a price target of $18. So keep an eye out on DMYI here. And then TDAC merging with lottery.com. They also own sports.com. They filed their S4. Uh, merger vote date could be coming soon. This is one that I called out recently. It's on my watch today to TDAC. Um, you know, I, I like it. I think it's going to be well followed with that lottery.com and sports.com ownership. It also will be low float given the redemption during some of those uh, voting uh, prior voting uh, processes. So keep an eye out um, on that. And then uh, interesting hire out there, MUDS, which is merging with TOPS. TOPS announced the um, appointment of Meltem Demirs joining the company's board of directors following the merger. So Ms. Demirs has uh, extensive digital currency leadership. She's the chief strategy officer of CoinShares. Um, she also serves the chairman of TOP saying, I am confident that Meltem's substantial experience with accelerating growth and acceptance of the state-of-the-art cryptocurrency asset class will benefit TOP's long-range plans. So it looks like TOP's has some plans to uh, get involved with cryptocurrency here. And, and Ms. Demir's also saying TOP's is just scratching the surface with its digital presence. And I am excited to play a major role in facilitating its growth to become a leader in the space. So keep an eye out on this hire. You know, I, I'm circling around this because we we like MUDs here. We like the NFTs, but they could, you know, be pushing more and more into cryptocurrency, which obviously could be a big catalyst. Our deals yesterday, DMYQ shares up 1.7% and ATHN up 2.7%. Then three deals today. So we have HCCC announcing a deal with Alpha Tau Medical. So Alpha Tau's proprietary Alpha Dart is designed to deliver uniquely potent alpha radiation to destroy solid tumors. Uh, received FDA breakthrough device designation. Um, for certain uh, types of cancer, um, skin, pancre pancreatic, breast, and GBM. Um, this was valued at $1 billion equity value. Um, you know, keep an eye out on this one. These biotech SPAC deals have had a tendency to run, um, but HCCC, the, the deal here. Then we have CNB, Concord Acquisition Corp, bringing Circle public. Um, so it values Circle at $4.5 billion. Um, pipe deal here includes ARK Invest. 
Um, and also third point, so some big names backing the company. Circle is the principal operator of blockchain-based USD coin, uh, became the fastest growing regulated fully reserved dollar digital currency in the world, expected to trade CRCL, the new ticker. Uh, they have a mission of raising global economic prosperity through the frictionless exchange of financial value. Um, you know, so again, a, a possible crypto play here. Um, more than $25 billion of USD coin in circulation, um, and it grew over 3,400%. Uh, the, the one downfall on this deal with the size is that public shareholders are only going to own 4.9% of the company post-merger. They do have some uh, large accounts and partnerships mentioned in the presentation. That includes Coinbase, Visa, Dapper, U.S. Bank Corp., and FTX. So some big names on this deal. And again, ARK Invest and Third Point in on the pipe. And then our last deal to get into, we have HCAQ. This is the third company going public via SPAC that was founded by Dr. Jonathan Rothberg. We had Dr. Jonathan Rothberg on the show not too long ago. He also brought Butterfly Network and Quantum Sci public. So this is for portable M MRI device maker Hyperfine. They're also combining with Liminal Sciences. Um, so a new company will trade as ticker HYPR after the merger. So Hyperfine is the creator of that portable MRI system named the Swoop. And then Liminal is dedicated to non-invasive brain monitoring. The Swoop was FDA approved in 2020 offers an easy-to-use interface and portable design, a subscription-based business model, and provides tools and softwares for its customers. And then Liminal, working on a non-invasive brain monitoring device um, that they think can be used in the ICU operating rooms and have a long-term goal of monitoring patients at home. So the imaging market $23 billion and then growth ahead if they can get that brain device that's $22 billion addressable market and guided intervention down the road, another $28 billion market. Um, but again, the big focus up front on the portable MRI devices uh, already installed in uh, 46 of them, but they have a target market of 100,000 hospitals and outpatient centers. These portable MRI devices can reduce workflow time by 94%. Also stated in the presentation that 22 to 46% of cases that see adverse events happen during the transporting of patients. Uh, $7,250 for the monthly subscription of the portable MRI. So obviously providing some recurring revenue here for the company. Uh, revenue, $2.3 million this year. $16.3 million next year, expected to grow at an annual rate of 238%, gross margins of 47.9% next year, and 71.9% in fiscal 2025. That's our three deals, uh, you know, uh, uh, and then a lot of headlines there too, Mitch. Uh, what Anything jump out to you before we get into the watch list here? You know, we've got Dr. Jonathan Rothberg bringing another company public, so three deals from him all in the SPAC universe. No, like always is there's definitely always something that stands out to me, to me. Uh, I'm keeping an eye out on that uh, muds. And like I mentioned in the pre-show, who knows, maybe I get an ocean. 
Maybe I get an ocean, guys. And that I'm ocean looks a look at it. It looks sharp. I'm taking that, a look. That, I'm taking a look. That matte Who blue knows? color. I mean, what it stands out. So hey, and hey. tops, tops and cryptocurrency. What tops what could that cryptos? what could that be all about? We've got NFTs, but who knows? Who knows? That's a I'm big still waiting hire. for the next the next cards. Like we got all star games soon, uh, Mitch. I think your projection is going to be right. I, I'm waiting for it so we can go back and say. Roll that clip because Mitch called it here first. Roll it back. Roll it back. The MLB All-Star game, we could get some new NFTs. So super excited. All right, all right. I think that's well, going to happen. Guess what, Chris? What's that? I heard I heard that we can't get TJ on until we get 200 likes. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know where I heard that from. But Ooh. I know there's I heard people that excited that, to hear from him. That so. TJ is in the back and, and he's ready to go. But he said, where the likes at? Where the likes at? Because definitely, definitely, we need some thumbs up. We're super excited to get towards our interview. Yes, we're going to go ahead and get into there. You guys already know there's a lot of love in the chat already going off. The chat is buzzing. Let's hit the like. Let's get this going. Looks like we got 73. Where the likes at? Come on, guys. Let's get I them mean, up there. I, I thought we boom, could at least boom. get to 100 before this interview. Let's we can go, show TJ go. some love. He's coming back taking time out of his busy schedule, you know, and, and again, the chat's been asking about this company, Mitch, uh, you know, to hear more on AvPoint. So definitely excited. So let's go. Yeah. AVPT Army. Let's go. There there are some super fans out there, Mitch. I, I'm impressed. Hey, there you go. There they, I, I, I'm getting them going. I, I want to hear them. I want to hear them in the chat. That's what it's all about. Definitely. That's what we're here for. We're going to get you guys it the interview coming just up, but definitely do us a favor and appreciate SPAC's attack. This is what we do, guys. We bring you guys interview. We're absolutely free. You're not. We're, we're not sitting here charging you guys a whole bunch of money to get access to this. We do this every single day. We have tons of interview. We've actually done this one before. We need to make up for it. So we're, we're super excited to get right into it. There you go. I'm seeing us getting those I lights I see 100. Up. We got over 100. There you go. Let's start unlocking these SPACs, Chris. All right, guys. Yeah, you know, we mentioned it at the top. Mitch just mentioned it too. Joining us on SPACs Attack, we welcome back to the show the CEO of AvPoint, TJ Zhang. He is the, the CEO. Again, company went public via SPAC, now trades as ticker AVPT. Welcome back to the show, TJ. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Nice Welcome to be back. back. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely. Happy to have you here and excited to get into the interview. You, you uh, I, I, we've been hearing so much. Can we get TJ back? We got him back for you guys. Let's go ahead and knock this out. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, TJ, you got some super fans out there. This chat is super excited to have you back. We've been getting questions, you know, on AvPoint, you know, for the past few weeks. So we're we're excited uh, you know, I mentioned that we had you on the show before. So, you know, some of this will be repeat, but for new viewers out there, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the SPAC route. So AvPoint decided to go public via SPAC. Can you just tell us again, you know, why the decision of SPAC and what completing that SPAC merger means for the company now? Yeah, so we started this journey back in last October. Uh, we were actually went down the traditional IPO route. Uh, we put together a great syndicate of bulge bank banks um, 
to represent us. So Goldman Sachs, Citibank, Evercore's advisory. Um, and then uh, obviously, as you guys know, last year, 80% of the IPOs were done via SPAC. So just to fulfill our fiduciary duties, we checked out uh, several SPAC sponsors and we really liked uh, Apex Technologies, The specifically the two gentlemen that runs there. Um, so uh, Jeff Epstein, the ex-CFO of Oracle and Brad Koenig, who made um, Goldman Sachs technology what it is today. His first IPO was the Microsoft IPO. So we, we, we like their operational and uh, capital markets knowledge. We're just a bunch of techies, engineers. First time I started a company, first time going public. So there are a lot of things we need to learn because, you know, at the end of the day, we build this company with just $60 million primary capital. Very, very cost efficient, high growth, profitable SaaS B2B company. But it took us 20 years to get here. I don't want to, I don't, nobody has another 20 years, right? We are looking at fast growth in the next, you know, three years, four years, five years to grab market share because the market's so big. So what we've done is um, we, within a uh, span of one month, we put together a $140 million pipe on top of the $350 million in the trust. And the pipe investors are your usual, typical institutional, big public uh, investors like a t like Tiger participated, uh, Franklin Templeton, Federated Kaufman, Phoenix out of Israel. So we had really good um, uh, pipe investor uh, participation and that set the tone for the valuation. So you guys saw the announcement and I was on the show. So already at that time, the valuation effectively the economics of the whole deal is done, right? That's the beauty of a SPAC versus a traditional IPO until 48 hours beforehand. You wouldn't really know where you land valuation wise, price wise. So that was a good part. The not so good part, obviously, everybody I saw, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about this. It took us a while, you know, between the audits, PCOB audits, and then of course, SEC changing their minds around the entire SPAC, um, you know, phenomenon and how to re-recognize, re re-audit, and all of a sudden 400 uh, SPAC companies had to redo their financials. And this is on the SPAC sponsor side, nothing to do with us. And that that's actually literally a cue. You guys probably don't know this, but there's literally two companies that's doing all the audits and the financial reporting for all these SPAC sponsors. So there's a massive long queue. And that's what took a while. But you know what? In the meantime, the company continued to execute. We announced our Q1 numbers. We're going to announce our Q2 numbers beginning of August here. Again, fantastic results and strong tailwind of market. From a business perspective, from a market perspective, nothing changes. We continue to be very, very uh, executing and very excited about what's happening. And now we're public, AVPT. Uh, very, very excited to be on NASDAQ. Yeah, exciting times. And I, I can only imagine, you know, how frustrating that process can be, you know, when you have this timeline and you lay it out for shareholders and then, you know, through no fault of your own, it, it gets delayed. And then the shareholders and the investors and everyone wants to know, hey, how come this is taking so long? And for you, yeah. it's, you know, our hands are tied. You know, we, we filed, we're doing everything we can. But, you know, again, yeah. Big sigh of relief. It looks like, you know, Avpoint public now, AVPT. So the, the big thing working Avpoint here, you know, that strong relationship with Microsoft. So Avpoint is the largest Microsoft 365 data management solutions provider, more than 7 million cloud users, including a quarter of the Fortune 500 rely on Avpoint. Can you tell us more about this relationship with Microsoft and, and what that means and, and how you guys work together? First, Chris, you know, enterprise collaboration is hard, right? And now 
uh, people everywhere working uh, from you know remote, hybrid, and data is valuable. So our our business is focusing around uh, enterprise security, enterprise governance. So we talk about collaboration with confidence. We talk about providing enterprise that security, that productivity, and compliance of their enterprise data, no matter where they work. You guys probably saw my speech when we did the NASDAQ closing ceremony last Friday, and I articulated that uh, vision. Our relationship with Microsoft has been a great relationship. Of course, we also are looking to support collaboration platforms on Microsoft as well as Google and Salesforce and beyond. I mentioned that as well. So, but the relationship with Microsoft gone back 20 years. And on the product side, we, we sit across seven different partner advisory councils and industry advisories of product as well as industry advisory councils. The, these, these groups meet every, every uh, six months. And that's a sounding board for Microsoft to showcase to us what they're doing to see whether it resonates with the top partners globally and how you know we give them earliest feedback. In addition, we get the earliest bits, uh, all their software releases. We're in the TAP program across all their cloud portfolio. So we see the earliest bits. So not only do we see the roadmap and the vision, one or two year ahead of schedule, we see the bits actually six months ahead of schedule. So we can plan well ahead to say, hey, where do we invest? Where do we avoid where the additional opportunity comes for, for us to make money? So the, the thing is, Microsoft even talk about they, they're now two trillion dollar market cap company for every dollar that Microsoft earns. There's nine dollars of partner opportunity out there. So we don't compete against Microsoft. We compete within the Microsoft ecosystem. And you think about this ecosystem, two trillion dollar market cap for Microsoft times nine. Right. That's really the size of this massive ecosystem. The summation is that is bigger than the U.S. GDP. A lot of people don't realize this. It's massive. So it's a tremendous opportunity. We stay ahead of the curve here. Obviously, we are also their top five global what's called IP co-sell cloud consumption partner program in the same group as Adobe DocuSign. So we're asymmetrically. Of course, we're very small compared to this company, but asymmetrically, we're very, very important to Microsoft sellers. Microsoft salespeople get comped on our deals because again all of our software sits in azure we help customer manage their data in microsoft 365 so when we sell a deal our sellers let's say a million dollar tcb deal over three years 10 percent of that deal hundred thousand dollars goes towards that microsoft seller on that account's quota retirement for cloud consumption because under sacha nadella they changed the sales compensation plan it's no longer good enough you sell ea enterprise agreement you have to cons you have to make sure your customers are consuming Microsoft Cloud workloads, and of course, the number one workload now, the killer app, is actually Teams. Right before it was email and just OneDrive file shares, Teams is just killing it. It's combination of Slack plus Zoom. It's now 145 million active daily users. So that's where we are really making a, a very good um, early mover advantage, platform advantage, and we're very well known because of our sophistication in covering all the advanced workloads, all the collaboration, security, and governance issues. Perfect. I hope everyone listening heard some of those dollar amounts being thrown out there. You know, this is a massive addressable market. You guys heard it here from TJ. You know, uh, again, working with Microsoft definitely has its benefits. You know, TJ, I saw a recent press release from AvPoint talking about the impact of 
workplace collaboration and how some companies may not be doing proper governance or security. Can, can you talk a little bit about that survey and why it's so important, you know, if yeah. you're a Microsoft customer to use a company like Avpoint um, to bridge the gap here? So, Chris, every every other day we hear about ransomware attack, right? So what is ransomware attack? Somebody got into your system through some sort of social engineering, phishing attack, and then all of a sudden all your files are encrypted. So what do you do? You have to recover from backups, right? So that's what Gartner and Forrester have been talking about for years, why even on cloud, you must have third-party SaaS backup solutions that's segregated from where your primary production data reside. And the, even White House recently came out with the guidance to say, hey, the best recovery method protection against a ransomware attack is to have a great backup and restore solution. Because at the end of the day, an enterprise is only as strong as their weakest link. You can never prevent everyone from within your company of not clicking on some email, right? These guys are, these hackers are getting very, very smart. They're social engineering all these emails. It comes and encrypts everything. So how do you recover from that? You have to be able to have a segregated, completely separate offsite um, backup location. So we, we allow enterprises to bring your own storage, bring your own key, bring your own encryption, complete segregation, so they can restore from that. And that's just one flavor of collaboration security we do. The other flavor is we talk about governance. One of the things people don't realize is 90%, this is actually recently, we're, we're one of the founding member IAPP, International Association of Privacy Professionals. This is 60,000 privacy and risk officers around the world, non-for-profit organization. They, according to their survey, there's 90% of enterprises data loss today are actually not from proactive hacking attacks, but from internal actors unintentionally leaking data. Why? Because look at things like Slack and Teams, the way they're designed, they're viral, right? You can use, you can chat, you can share documents, you can create channels. And then what? Those things sit there, right? You guys know this. Once it's in the in a digital form, it's almost impossible to get rid of. So there's no proactive way to automatically retire these things, close off access, shut down uh, channels, stop sharing. And that's what we do. We have automated way to help IT or MSPs, managed service providers, because small businesses don't have IT, to actually provide that real must-have governance and really digital asset lifecycle management. Something should retire after the project's over. Access should be shut off after this you know, engagement's done. So that's where we come in and we do that uh, governance bit. And also we have a solution called Policy and Insight named Pi that allow customers to see just in all of their Microsoft 365, what are the potential violations and hotspots are of all your assets, whether it's email, file in OneDrive, obviously uh, shared documents in Teams or SharePoint Online or Yammer. They've been sitting around too long. They haven't been touched. Um, they've been sharing with different groups and those people have moved around. Their access patterns should change. They've been sharing externally. They need to shut off. So we have automated way to show this heat map and then they can react to it in an automated fashion. So that's the crux of what we do. It's really the whole end-to-end -end, um, collaboration, security, and governance for enterprise. Perfect. Yeah, I love that slide in the presentation, you know, the, the bridge, right? The illustration, yeah. bridging the gap, and it shows exactly, you know, what you guys do. I, I think that's a perfect illustration here. Yeah, right there on screen. Um, yeah. 
you know, so so stepping aside from from Microsoft for a minute, I heard you mention Google, Salesforce. Last time you were on the show, that was one of my questions was, you know, obviously you have this strong relationship with Microsoft. You know, is there plans or how can AvPoint, you know, work with other players in the cloud industry? Can you just give us an update maybe on, you know, outside of Microsoft, what AvPoint is doing? Yeah, Chris, I always say we follow the customer, right? We care about our customer. We have great dollar value retention, 112% now. Uh, Q1 was 110%. We're working very aggressively towards 120%. That means if we just take care of uh, existing customers as well, our revenue will grow 20% year over year. That's a fantastic place to be as a subscription business. And so what we have done is all the customers of today are multi-cloud. So we already have Salesforce backup, SaaS backup as part of our overall cloud offering that we back up Microsoft 65. We also back up Salesforce. We just announced that we've also back up uh, G, uh, Google uh, Docs as well, uh, G Drive, as well as Google Docs, G Suite. Um, so we're supporting that. And we're looking at also our compliance and as a governance solution, uh, we today already support uh, classification and tagging of Box and Dropbox. Uh, we're now actively looking at Azure as, as well as AWS as platform to do additional uh, value add data management and lifecycle support. So yes, the the, the roadmap is absolutely multi-cloud. Awesome. I, again, I hope everyone listening out there heard some of those companies mentioned, you know, not just Microsoft here. The, this is a great roadmap laid out. So, so TJ, since the last time you were on, we got first quarter earnings. So revenue of 38.8 million up 19% year over year. SaaS revenue up 78% year over year. And the company also raising its revenue guidance for the full fiscal year. Can, can you give us, you know, what were the highlights in that first quarter and how important yeah. is it to, you know, raise guidance, um, you know, when we're seeing so many companies go public and, and maybe having to pull back on their original guidance from their SPAC presentation? So this is not your usual SPAC, right? And also out of the gate, we have five uh, big banks covering us from a research perspective. I mentioned already Goldman, Citi, um, Evercore. On the APAC side, we also have William & Blair and Cowan. We also have two mid-market uh, firms covering us, uh, uh, the Northland and, and another one. Um, and so we have great research coverage that's coming out in the next uh, uh, few weeks. So that that's one. And two is, this is a company that, and we did that because again, we kept a, a, a syndicate of bankers that complete the process for us, despite choosing the SPAC route versus the traditional IPO route. Um, but yeah, most SPACs coming out, you know, they have their five-year guidance, their pre-revenue, so that of course they have to readjust. We actually only give uh, two-year guidance. We give 21 guidance, we give 22 guidance. In 21, we say revenue-wise, we will grow 30% year over year. Now we have seasonality because we're still very, very heavy enterprise uh, business. Lots of government, lots of regulated industry. Uh, as you know, governments, uh, US government in the fiscal years Q3 and a lot of enterprise customers in the fiscal years Q4. So we, we announced the seasonality of our revenue for the year at our analyst day coverage um, towards um, um, 
beginning of February. So 20% is Q1, 23% Q2, 27% Q3, and then of course 30% Q4. So we are marching towards that. Of course, as a public company, you do this game, right? The raise and beat model will continue to do that. And that's very, very important as a public company to gain that credibility, to make sure that you got the revenue number down and you're very confident in executing the scaling business that's a public business. So yeah, so overall Q1, it's exactly as we we have uh, shared and predicted and forecasted. Um, the you will see continue the reoccurring business growing very fast. We are trying to uh, uh, the the service business is chunky, so the service business year over year is actually less than Q1. But their service business is chunky, so I won't read too much into that. But overall, service mix is 20% of our total revenue. 80% is all software, and vast majority of that over 90% is all reoccurring. So our goal is over time to reduce the service percentage down to 10%. So we're passing more and more services to partners. That's how we scale through channel. Um, actually, in a week's time, we'll announce a, a massive global channel program. We're actually putting a lot of money to work, incentivizing managed service providers. Again, they're the IT basically for SMB. And SMB is businesses that's less than 250 million annual revenue or 500 employees or fewer companies. And that's actually 40% of the headcount for Microsoft Cloud. So it's a huge market. We're putting a lot of in, in financial and business and even DevOps, partner DevOps incentives uh, to help them build this reoccurring business, to help the service company build a reoccurring business on cloud. And we're very, very excited to announce that. That will have a very good way to accelerate our channel business, to accelerate our growth in the SMB space. And you said that announcement will be coming within the next couple of weeks, just to clarify. Within the next week. Yeah. Within the next week. All right. You guys heard it. You guys heard it here. So stay tuned. More from AvPoint. TJ, one last question from me, and then I'm going to turn it over to Mitch for some more questions. You know, we, we talk about, you know, having a great team in place, you know, that was part of going public via SPAC. Since the deal, though, you, you've made a couple hires. Um, you know, I, I noticed um, we've, we've got a former leader from uh, Palo Alto Networks. Can you yeah. just talk a little bit about some of those recent hires and maybe how they fit into the roadmap yeah. for AvPoint going forward? So Jason, Mr. Jason Beal, he's a senior uh, channel executive. He's been doing channel all his life. So started Ingram's uh, SaaS division, uh, that business, uh, 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 Blue Cloud or Cloud Blue, and he's uh, uh, then became a, uh, a senior executive at Palo Alto Networks, responsible for their MIA business and the move back to US. Um, so we hired him to drive our channel play. And then uh, Tony Lani is the senior marketing executive, previously uh, Blackline. Um, again, all great um, SaaS public company experience coming to our point to then help us drive uh, our channel. So our biggest growth and scalability is through channel because we couldn't hire salespeople fast enough or scale them fast enough, ramp up them fast enough. Yes, we do a lot of direct sales to the large enterprise, the 2.5 billion annual revenue and up that, you know, fortune, rest of the fortune 500 companies. But again, that 40% market that we're just now touching because we have enterprise grade SaaS that's accessible to SMB, that's gonna be the massive growth. We already have high three digit growth year over year for two straight years now. We wanna dial that up to a very, very uh, meaningful portion of our business. So the new hires you saw are really the around the channel play. We also hired a chief um, people officer. So talent management, it's very important for us. As you guys know, we, we talk about, hey, we have, we're going to organically grow with our five growth 
vectors to hit our uh, growth trajectories. But also now we're a public company. We have close to $270 million on the balance sheet. We're going to start acquiring companies. We're going to do inorganic growth and acquisitions. So what does that mean? That also means, you know, all of a sudden you, you, you have hundreds of new employees joining the company. How do we integrate the company? So talent management becomes so important, not only about new talents that we just hire. We hired about 400 new people in the last uh, four months here and about potential acquisitions, there are hundreds of new employees joining the company. So talent management, people management is so important because for a software company, we're nothing but the people and the talent we have because source codes are dead codes if the people who create them are no longer here. Um, and customer contracts are just contracts in the SaaS business, in subscription business, in the software business, a year is eternity. You have to make sure that customers keep on using your software making sure you have telemetry built in so you can provide better and faster upgrades to your software so you can meet their demands and ex ex exceed their expectations. We update our SaaS software actually every two weeks with DevOps. So those are the things that's important to us. And those are the new senior hires we have announced. I think Chris got the old mute trick, but I'll jump in here, TJ. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give some questions here. First things first, I mean, of course, we had the pandemic that we just went through. So th this is just going to go ahead and push us further and further into that digital transformation. But really, now that you now that we can say like we're, we're starting to move towards the late innings of this, how have you really seen the transformation and what speed do you think it really hit? And do we think that this is really going to, let's say, push it? Is it is it like a three year advancement in, let's say, a one year kind of time frame? Could you put some time frame to that? I think this whole digital transformation groundswell we've been talking about in the tech industry for years. It's vastly accelerated by the pandemic. So technology is here to stay. Uh, Microsoft even announced a recent study where they see that even as people are coming back to office in this hybrid work mode, collaboration digitally in cloud has increased even more. So every business has to be a technology business. Every business has to go through this digital transformation so they can leverage big data. They can leverage latest technology. They don't have to upgrade, install, maintain themselves to actually compete successfully and innovate faster as a business. And the space that we're in, which is enterprise collaboration, what uh, Microsoft used to call modern workplace is so critical because why? People are social animals. We work, we generate ideas by collaborating. Yes, you cannot always work in the same office anymore. So how do you collaborate? You do these calls, you do these you know, chats, and that's what enable things happen. I was telling, uh, I, was, I got interviewed on Friday, last Friday uh, by Cheddar, and I was telling the, 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 the uh, anchor that I actually met uh, Brad Koenig for the first time last Thursday night, the night before we listed, right? <laughs> Can you imagine you do a $2 billion in a market cap deal all over um, teams and Zoom calls, right? That it's unimaginable pre-pandemic. But the world, you know, changed. Um, we can all work smarter. We don't have to travel as much. We can take care of better, better of our health. This quit, uh, you know, the, this, this quit mentality of new uh, age millennials workers. They don't want, just want a job. They they want a meaningful job. They want a meaningful life. They they want to take care of their health, take care of family, and be able to work wherever they choose. And that is absolutely enabled by technology. 
Definitely, definitely, TJ. I have to have to agree with you. Now, one thing you're leading right into my next question here, which is really uh, how I, I see that you guys have this solution here of you know work from home, hybrid work ready. How does AppPoint really get to work here for for a company? Yeah, so we are the middleware, if you will, uh, allow enterprises to better collaborate, right? It's ensure their data are secure ensure they're compliant, at the same time, more productive through these um, governance, reg, uh, auto provision uh, solutions, so people can spin up cloud workloads much faster. At the same time, they can work faster, but then more security. The good analogy I always give is one that uh, the IAPP CEO, Trevor uh, Hughes, always shared is, you know, when Heron Ford first came out with Model T, right? It was really slow. It's like 20 miles an hour, but people still get into accident and get hurt all the time and go to hospital. And then what happens? People come up with seatbelts, brakes, airbags. So car these days are faster than ever before. You look at the Formula One cars, right? Mm -hmm. But drivers are much safer than ever before um, because you have the right harnesses to protect, right? Same concept work, analogy work in the cloud and in the collaboration world. People working faster, people working everywhere, accessing data. Yes, you have all kinds of problems, ransomware attacks, phishing attacks, and you don't know who's accessing your cloud data, and that's where we come in. So what with the type of right uh, collaboration security framework and infrastructure, you can work smarter, faster from anywhere, but at the same time still secure. And that's the crux of our business. Definitely. And I have to say that, TJ, you, you do ask some questions out there on Twitter. I catch you all the time giving some great <laughs> questions. So that's how I actually stay up with TJ all the time. I wanted to point that out. Like, you know, what qualities do you prefer in a supervisor? I, I see you getting your information. Yeah, I, I see. I'm taking I, polls, you know, live polls and see uh, what people think. <laughs> hey, it, it's important. It's important. And, and, I, and I see it that you, you definitely take a, a focus on your employees, which is an important thing because, you know, we, we got to build from the bottom up. Right. And so uh, I definitely give you a thumbs up for that. Definitely. If you guys out there appreciate that, gives a thumbs up. Let's go ahead and let's get into some evaluation talk. Of course, we, let's go ahead and pull up this slide here. And now when we when we kind of compare to, to peers, you know, one of the things that I'd point out is, of course, that implied growth multiple here of that 0.28x. I think that really just shows that this is not that, you know, this is not a company that, you know, got a a, a, a huge valuation and, and, and started at that level. I think you guys got a, a nice deal here, um, at least, uh, you know, AppPoint did. Uh, but what do you think, TJ, compared to other cloud companies here, how you guys are, are fighting in, in the valuation? I mean, you, you hear uh, Jeff. Jeff does a lot of interviews recently as well, right? I've seen from um, you know again ex CFO of Oracle, and he sits on the um, board of uh, Twilio, Bookings, and Okta. And yeah, consistently, we think we're undervalued uh, if you compare to Jamf, uh, which is the Apple ecosystem B two B data management provider. Uh, they're like twelve x right now. Their current revenue, we're at nine x right trading. Um, there is a bit of this impact. You probably saw this article online about, hey, you know, uh, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yes, you know, SPAC in general, it's taking a beating again. There is that tent. I had a good friend who's uh, uh, one of the fund manager for one of the biggest public institutional investor. This is way before when we were deciding whether to do SPAC. He said, be careful, even though SPAC is right now hot, you know, this last year, uh, it could be a scarlet letter that you carry. But you know what? Once you're public, 
the performance and merit of the company, what 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 will be every anything and everything that investors care about. At the end of the day, Mitch, we're gonna show the market we will continue to be a high performing B2B company, right? SaaS company. And right now, in the slide deck you saw, we're only one of five such company with minimal $150 million last 12 month revenue, 25% growth, as well as uh, you know, over 10% EBIT profit margins. And, and now uh, the latest data is we're one of eight, right? So that of all software companies, listed software companies. So we're already in that rare uh, fine air of a special companies that's high growth, that's SaaS, that's profitable. Um, and, and, you know, we, we have always been fiscally conservative. But of course, going forward, the market is so big, we need to grab market share, we need to scale, we need to grow faster. So I think the performance of the company as we release more performance uh, metrics with earnings calls and analyst reports coming out, you will see that um, there should be, you know, the, 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 the price and the valuation should uh, match our performance accordingly. Definitely, definitely. You know, what we always say on SPACs Attack is that, you know, these you know, I always get the question, you know, what's what's the next Amazon? What's the next Amazon? You know, I think these are times where you definitely need to look at this, the, the overall SPAC basket. There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. And that's really what's going to happen here. I like that you go ahead and you brought that up. You know, at the end of the day, you know, SPACs are getting sometimes bad names, but that doesn't mean that all SPACs are the same under the same basket. I, I definitely appreciate you bringing that up. I'll go ahead and bring Chris back in here. I'm sure he appreciates that also. So let's go ahead and, and we'll get to some chat questions here now and, and we'll get a little bit further. Yeah, TJ, you know, I wrote down a bunch of questions. We got some on Twitter ahead of this interview. I, I feel like you've answered a bunch of them, but we'll try to get yeah. through some of these and maybe expand on them. So this sure. one came uh, via Twitter before the interview. How soon can we expect analyst coverage? So can you mention some of those analysts um, from earlier yeah. in the interview and, and maybe when we will see coverage um, on AvPoint? So yeah, uh, the, each firm have their own policies. We know that Goldman and Evercore had mentioned that within a week of listing, their reports will come out. And William and Blair and Cowan um, uh, and, um, and City will be toward end of July. Uh, so they usually have three weeks window. So every firm have their own policy of uh, releasing coverage reports. And then we have two more as well, as I mentioned, uh, more the uh, mid-cap uh, coverage firms. So yeah, in totality, we're talking about seven different research firms covering us. Perfect. And then, you know, we got lots of questions about acquisitions, um, you know, and, and I know you can't expand on that a ton, but, you know, has AvPoint been actively looking at companies now with the merger, you know, in the rear view mirror, or is this something, you know, down the road a couple months from now that you'll begin the, the process of, uh, you know, evaluating potential companies? So uh, we have always been parallel processing everything. Uh, we know that going public is only a part of the journey is not an end all be all. Uh, we're dreaming much, much bigger. So we have been actively evaluating acquisition targets. We have a very active pipeline and uh, I'll just leave it there. Uh, that's good boom, enough. Boom. I, I know you can't jump into specifics, of course. Um, you know, so we have another question from AJ in the chat, um, you know, talking about being a Microsoft partner 
do they get involved in government contracts such as Jedi? So obviously, you know, we've we've heard Microsoft landing, you know, part of that Jedi contract, which has been in the news lately for, you know, maybe not getting the whole thing. Does Avpoint play into any of these government contracts that Microsoft uh, has or may get? We are uh, part of the ecosystem, uh, public sector, U.S. government is a massive part of our business. We are, our public sector business is actually headquartered in Arlington, Virginia. We are FedRAMP certified, um, so that means we're one of the very few SaaS providers in FedRAMP certified government data centers servicing uh, high security government agencies. So yes, with these big uh, government projects, we, we work very closely with a very large defense contractors uh, the likes of General Dynamics, GDIT, and others, of course, Microsoft. So yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, partnership happening behind the scenes. Perfect. Well, you know, TJ, I think that's going to do it for questions. You know, I, I got to give you a shout out for, for those who didn't see our first interview with TJ. I, I know Mitch and I remember it well. We, we had some technical difficulties, you know, with audio, with video, and, <laughs> and and TJ powered through, right? The the heart of a champion here, a CEO that says, hey, I'm, I'm going to get through this interview. I'm still going to answer these questions, you know, and, and share with viewers and shareholders, you know, more about the company. So big shout out to you, TJ, for, for also coming back, right? Uh, you know, we did that interview and we were like, oh, no, what a disaster. We're never going to get <laughs> TJ back on. But here he is. So, TJ, big shout out to, to you for coming back on the uh, show. Thanks, today. Thank you, Chris and Mitch. You guys are doing a fantastic job. You know, what's really good is... Um, this AVPT has such a strong retail following even before, you know, we, we got listed and it's been fantastic to see the response when we were driving the votes, uh, working, you know, with our proxy solicitors, we have such a fantastic, phenomenal support. Um, we got 3 million votes that we needed, right? And these are 3 million shares from retail investors. We had over 80,000 plus retail investors. And that time there's only 44 million shares, right? In, within the, uh, uh, AP, uh, Apex uh, shareholding. Of course, now with the merger complete, we have about 200 million shares. So lots of retail interest. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Give a shout out to all of our supporters. Yes, we will always have, you know, some naysayers, but I will say this, right? Let our performance, you know, justify. And uh, also, you know, we have been around for 20 years. Uh, I'm not going to look at the day-to-day, -day, you know, momentum and oscillation of the market. We're going to dream big and execute on what we stated always with this big market. Yep. And, uh, and like always, time will tell that I know TJ is working on it. I'll tell you that much for sure. Awesome. Guys. So, so guys, again, uh, you know, for viewing the interview today, TJ Yang, he's the CEO of Avpoint, that company now publicly traded ABPT after completing that SPAC merger. Uh, again, TJ, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, joining us on SPAC's attack. And we look forward to following the progress and uh, hearing from you soon. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Pleasure thank to you. be here. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So first things first, let's celebrate. No internet problems. It all went good. Comcast, I won't short you today. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> man, Mitch, what a what a fun uh, interview. Another fun one and the chat. Man, there are some big fans out here of Avpoint. And and Mitch, you know, sometimes when we ask these questions, you know, we get 
we get very generic or old answers, right? And I feel like we got some new information on this company out of TJ. I mean, he, he flat out told us they're going to make an announcement in a week, right? They're going to have analyst coverage this month. You know, that those are big deals, guys. If you're out there watching, those are catalysts. You know, and again, I'm not saying they're going to move shares higher, but those are catalysts to watch this month. You also have, you know, moving beyond Microsoft, right? He mentioned Google, Salesforce. He also mentioned AWS. Who's AWS? That's Amazon. Like all these other companies that AvPoint could be working with. So great interview. And Mitch, I, I think we got some new information here on AvPoint. What do you think? No, definitely. You know, one thing that there's a line that stuck to me that he kept saying, like that he 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 wants to get there faster. You see it in him. It's not a matter of you know, um, you know, just just kind of a question. No, it's uh, it's an understanding that yeah, we're growing, but he's also looking at ways to get there faster and get there to the end of the line faster and and keep that growth going. Whether that may be with other partnerships, like we mentioned, I think that's potentially where this company definitely heads to. Um, you know, even though they're working with Microsoft, why not, you know, AWS? Uh, there's, there's definitely different options out there that I think will get them to that finish line faster. And I think that's exactly what you kind of see him working on. At least that's what the sense that I get. I love to give what, what I feel out of the interview. And that's what I felt. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I've said for a long time, I like this company. This isn't, you know, a, a day trade. This is a, a long-term hold, right? And you heard TJ say he's not worried about the day-to-day, you, you know, pricing or action of the stock. He's worried about, you know, the future of the company. And they've been around 20 years. They have revenue. This isn't a pre-revenue company. And, and Mitch, also, he talked about, you know, shifting a lot of their service business to, to you know, outsource maybe to where more of their revenue is recurring. And this is a SaaS business. It's recurring revenue. And I've I've been saying, I thought we'd get analyst coverage on this stock because analysts love SaaS plays. And again, you heard it here on the show, TJ mentioning seven analyst companies that could have reports out this month. I mean, Mitch, that's a big deal here that, that we could get analyst coverage. I mean, I mentioned it in headlines almost every day when, you know, X analyst initiated coverage on X stock, you know, with a, a X rating and an X price target. We're going to get more on AvPoint this month. So, hey, definitely, definitely smash the like. Looks like there's some love out there on AvPoint today, also. So, who knows? It was from the interview. Maybe one of those great answers that TJ gave, but definitely stay tuned, guys, because we're going to be keep watching this company as it grows. Let's take a look at the daily chart, see what we see on our daily chart and see how we see it grow. You know, one of the things that we always try to take a look at is the, uh, a further outlook here on SPACs attack. You know, of course, daily action is going to be always fun to watch for you traders out there. I know how that goes, but definitely for uh, us investors, we want to keep a watch on the long-term chart, take a look at the weeklies and see also how those earnings continue to keep coming out. I think that's very important. You know, one of the things that I'm going to be looking forward to is an updated presentation deck or updated guidance. I know Chris mentioned that, so we'll definitely keep an eye out on that. But what do you think, Chris? Uh, You know, we've we've gone up, down, um, you know, now that we're de-spacked, what are you feeling? Yeah, you know, uh, this is this is interesting, right? And, you know, they got that SPAC deal done. And I think, you know, TJ kind of alluded to it a, a little bit, maybe why shares fell. 
this deal took a long time to get completed. And, and I really don't think that's any, you know, fault on Avpoint here. But let's face it, Mitch, in today's age, you know, shareholders can be impatient, right? So I think maybe some of the selling pressure came from people, you know, that just thought this deal wasn't going to get done or, you know, didn't like the fact that it kept getting delayed. But but to me, you know, we're, we're, we're behind that now, right? They're publicly traded. They're going to get analyst coverage. You know, again, I, I just really like the long-term play here. All right. There you go. You have me back. Let's take a look here. So one of the things that I always like to do is long-term support, right? And I've always told you guys, like, let's go let's go back even further. You know, like if the daily chart doesn't look clean to you, let's go back even further to a weekly or even a monthly approach. So with this one, the weekly starting to look a little bit better. As you can see, what it went up, came back down to support and bounced off of it. Now you're kind of creating these kind of levels where you need to continue to watch the stock. So first things first, we can draw kind of horizontal lines here and start seeing like, hey, do we got a resistance here? And do we got a support down here, right? So then now we're kind of stuck between these, these levels, right? And so now we want to see kind of multiple attempts to break down this this level here that's 989 as long as that 989 can hold multiple times it can come curling back through these 1270s one of the things that we did see was that we're getting a lot of these d specs to go into that pop but then also it's right after it's almost like a, a selling point right after that pattern where you're getting that dip back what that is is, is a lot of people just taking profits from this move this little move there and so with that being said, a pullback here is really not a bad thing. It's about 50% back now from this kind of move that it did on uh, May 21st to June 25th. So let's see if we get this kind of pullback and it holds and curls here. Let's say 1050s comes right back up through 1075s, $12. It'd be looking interesting here. Yeah, it, you know, so Mitch, it looks like we're getting close to noon here. So, uh, you know, uh, I want to uh, remind people, I don't know if we mentioned this the start of the week, we will not have a live show tomorrow at 11. We have our we have our company quarterly meeting. So guys, you know, if, if you're a fan of Benzinga, yeah, sad day for SPACs attack fans. But Mitch, I'm excited, right? We've got a Q2 presentation from Benzinga. We're going to talk how Benzinga is going to grow what we're going to do. So some of that may even include how we're going to grow on video, right? How YouTube, our YouTube network's going to get bigger. So, you know, you guys will be excited to hear more on that in the future. So Mitch, since we don't have a show tomorrow, right now is the last time to discuss this Virgin Galactic. I mean, I, I own shares of SPCE. I have for a while. I've also sold some dun, recently. Dun, dun. You know, I I've sold some recently with that movement, right? But this space flight launch is supposed to happen sunday well what are your what are your thoughts you know i don't know if you want to give thoughts predictions does this flight happen sunday you, you know and what could we see on a, on a monday for for virgin galactic here you know one of the things that can happen is that i, I think this is one of those that if you're like, let's say down here at the 30 mark and you got in and you're kind of hanging out trying to see what happens, I kind of understand why you you wait around and you see you see the flight, fingers crossed, and That's you're me. like, let's That's go. Me. Let's go, baby. I think, I'm in go. At, I think I'm in at 26 or 27. See, and I, and yes, again, yes. I've, 
I've sold that's, some that's in the, the high fifties at sixty. You know, I, I've taken part of my cost basis out. So uh, essentially, at this point, and Mitch, you know, we we talk sports betting, right? I, I'm playing with the house's money here. I, I think we're going to have a successful flight. You know, honestly. I really don't think if there was any questions about this flight that Sir Richard Branson would be getting in. I know that sounds kind of morbid at this point, but I really don't think he would be going to space if there was any concern there. So my questions is, you know, is this going to happen Sunday or could we see a delay? Because if we see a delay, Mitch, I, I think we're going to see some selling pressure come Monday. But I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, as a fan of this stock and also as a fan of the overall space industry, right? If you like space, I mean, that's an exciting thing if this flight is successful on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I got to where, where's it flying out of? You, you know, I, I think it's New Mexico. I got to look because I know okay, we had some it hur- is, hurricane it is, uh, you know, Yeah, it is no, Florida. We got we got my man Carl here saying that it's not going to happen. I might have to go with Carl's look, you know. My man's right right, right down there. So who, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll, we'll get some insight. But definitely, definitely keep your eyes on it. I think it's very binary. You know, from these levels now, it, it's kind of hard to just say, I want to get in today and expect the stock to be up at, let's say, 80 on Monday. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a hard, a hard wish there. I'm not saying that it can't happen. It can very much happen. I mean, it, that's why Chris is going to be all you know, fingers crossed. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Might have some toes crossing. You never know. But that definitely, definitely. Uh, you guys, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. Looks like uh, also, also New Mexico. So yeah, yeah New Mexico. That's where we'll it see. is. So hey, less, at least, less of a weather concern. Yeah, I think, less there. of a weather concern. Yeah, I would, I'd have to say that. So at least the weather-wise, it doesn't look that bad. Technically, on the daily, you got a one up, one down, two up, two down, three up. Now it just needs to hold support. You know, you guys always hear me call the rule of three, right? So as long as it can hold that support right here, I'd be okay with it. You know, if I was in this one, I, of course, I'd try to get as close to this support as possible so that if it breaks it, you know, you can get out. But it doesn't look bad set up daily wise. You know, three attempts to break through a high. Now you'll probably get another wick kind of look right around here, I'm thinking. And then next thing you know, you need to see a pullback that comes in this area or a blowout through that that high. And so that's that's what we're going to be looking for. Definitely. We'll talk all about it on Monday, Mitch. So again, no SPACs attack Boom. tomorrow. Stay tuned. Power Hour coming up next. I know they've got a CEO on, Extended Mitch. Power Ex- Hour. Extended Power Hour. And they have a CEO, Solo, S-O-L-O, Electra Mechanica. That, as Solo. A company, that's a company I've talked to the CEO before. I'm a big fan, so stay tuned, guys. Power Hour next. Yeah, actually, I, I've been waiting to drive some of those. So, it, it, Solo, if you're listening to me, you can send one to my house. It's summertime. I need some p- toys to play with, so definitely send them on over. All right, guys, Power Hour coming up next. Like we said, no SPACs attack. We'll be back on Monday. Definitely stay tuned. If you want to stay with us, though, hit us up on Twitter. We'll, we'll be active tomorrow. And we'll see you next time on the Specs Attack.